This is Our People Podcast, telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Our People Podcast. My name is Lauren Robinson, I'm a Communications Manager here at the Trust and I'm hosting this episode today. Um, this week we caught up with Sharon Quinn from Age UK. Um, we talked about all things around support for people in our local communities, um, what support's available for older people and how you can access it. I hope that you enjoy it. Hi Sharon, can you just tell us a little bit more about um, Age UK Sunderland and the work that it does in the lo- uh, local community. Hi Lauren, yes, um, Age UK Sunderland is an independent charity and it's been supporting um, the people of Sunderland for a number of years. Our aim is to promote the well-being of older people throughout the city, uh, to help them to improve their quality of life and to help them to maintain their independence. Um, we run a lot of services, uh, working with the local authority, the CCG, both community and voluntary sector. So your role is CIT Living Well Link Manager. Can you just explain a little bit more about what that role is and what you do? Yes, um, I've worked for Age UK for seven years as the Community Integrated Team Living Well Link Manager and originally I was employed as the manager of a team of, including myself, of five. Um, Living Well Link workers who were based in the primary care centres across the um, the city. Um, that was funded by Altogether Better for initially one year, but we've gone, been going for seven years now and it's been really successful. Um, so the Living Well Link workers are social prescribers who support the over 60s um, with long-term and complex health conditions. They do person-centred planning um, with the aim at um, putting the person in control of their health and well-being and looking at what support is available in the local community that can help to improve um, their independence and to promote um, their well-being. Uh, I also manage a project called LIFT, or LIFT and it's um, the Loneliness and Isolation Task Force project and that was brought about on the back of COVID because a lot of older people across the city were obviously lonely and isolated um, and it obviously looks to reduce uh, loneliness and isolation and we have a number of volunteers who offer face-to-face support um, they look at interventions to help build confidence to try and encourage people to get back out into the local community again and I also manage the hospital discharge team which is what we're here to talk about today. So obviously you've just touched on some of the support that is available out there but what, what support is available for patients in Sunderland specifically? Um, we have a range of services and they can all be found on the Age UK Sunderland website. Uh, we have an Essence service which supports people who have been di- diagnosed with mild to moderate dementia and it also supports their carers. We've recently employed somebody that's looking at pre-diagnosis who will support them from you know the pre-diagnosis through to being diagnosed with uh, dementia. We have a, a programme of activities called Active Age and we do things like walking football, tai chi, singing, calligraphy, watercolours. We also run a Forces for Change project which supports veterans um, to improve their mental health and well-being and also to reduce loneliness and isolation by providing social opportunities. We have an advocacy service, again that helps people with any problems they may have such as housing or uh, fuel at the moment is a biggie isn't it, electric and gas. Um, We have a keeping in touch service which offers both telephone and face-to-face visits because people are lonely and isolated. 
Um, we have an information and advice service which offers benefit advice and information free. And we also have community clubs, um, which are the old lunch clubs, so where people can go and interact with uh, like-minded people who are maybe a bit lonely, and we have transport that will take them and bring them back. That's some of the services. There are a lot more, so if you want to know more, you can go on the website. Right, and in terms of the support that's available, is there a certain criteria or an age range that maybe people have to meet before they're going to access those type of services? Mainly they have to be over 50 or 50 and over. So can you tell us a little bit more about the hospital discharge service that um, Age UK has at Sunderland Royal and how it supports patients? Uh, the hospital discharge service has been run for approximately 13 years and this year we've been given extra funding to employ more staff. So um, we have vacancy, well we have three hospital discharge worker roles and we have a part-time admin as part of the new funding. We've recruited into two of the hospital discharge worker posts and the admin post. Um, the other position is, has been filled but we're waiting obviously for the checks to go through before they can start. In terms of what support we can offer, we can do shopping support, light housework, companionship, collecting prescriptions, um, we don't do personal care. Okay. So in terms of personal care, I assume that would be coming from, if people require that, that would be coming from local authority yeah. like social care. Yeah, that's right. And how long can patients access that level of support for? Up to six weeks. So after that, I assume, in terms of, you know, if they required any additional support again, would that go back through social care or? If they require additional support after that, depending on what support they need, the staff will go in, they'll do an end assessment. So if they feel that that patient needs extra support, they will look to see what other services they can refer them into or signpost them to, or they'll look to see what services Age UK have got, they might come to community integrate team living well link service who will go out and do an assessment and if they feel they might need support then they will put that support in place or find out what services are available for that person. And so is that is that service free? Yes it's a free service. And how are patients referred to the service? Is it uh, do staff refer them from the hospital? Yes staff in the hospital refer into so that's anybody from the wards, the hospital discharge lounge, We've recently been working with the emergency department and they're going to be looking to start and refer clients into um, our service. Hospital social work team refer in. The staff are currently based with the hospital social work team, so they're working closely with them. Um, and we have also have staff in, the staff go around the wards every day, so they'll introduce themselves to the staff, then the, the staff will identify patients who might need support. The staff will go and have a chat with the patient and if they agree, they will then go and do an initial sense assessment once the patient gets home and then they'll look to see what support they can offer. How would you identify a patient I suppose that needs that sort the of support? The hospital staff usually identify whether they feel that mm -hmm. that patient needs support. It might be that they've got nobody at home, so they've got nobody to go home to, so the staff might do a pre-discharge shop because they've got no shopping when they go home. Mm -hmm. um, it might be that you know they've just they've had an operation and they can't do their own domestic support so the staff will go and do domestic support and there's also that bit around when they're doing the domestic support sometimes if they're lonely it's a bit about companionship as well when they go so yeah yeah so what happens if six weeks isn't enough and people need long-term ongoing support we, the staff will go in and they'll do an end assessment they'll look to see what support 
the, the, the client or the patient still needs. They will then look to see what who they can refer. It might be they refer them back into social services. It might be that they maybe just want continued shopping support. So we might look at what services Age UK have or what other domestic support they might need. Um, we have a lifestyle service that will offer domestic and shopping support, but that's a chargeable service. So quite often patients don't want to pay for the service. So it's about looking to see what they need after the service ends. We can't really extend it any longer than six weeks because there are, there are 10 or 20 people behind them that, that require that service. What was that initial project that you talked about at the beginning? The Community Integrated Team Living Well Link Service, yes. Yeah. We were funded by Altogether Better initially for a year and we were based in the primary care centres with the community matrons, district nurses, social workers, carers centre, OTs, um, and we work with the D GPs and right. the localities as well. And it was again about coming together and looking at what support we could offer to patients across the city who maybe their health needs were being met, their social care needs were met, but what else did they need outside of that to help them to remain independent and at home? So it's still running, so we still run that service, um, although we're not based within the primary care centres anymore because of COVID. So the staff are working from home, I hope, and I know I was talking to um, one of the social workers yesterday and they were saying they've got six desks, hot desks, something in Grindon, yeah. and where we go back, but we haven't been told that we can go back yet, so we're just waiting yeah. here. But, uh, is that like a social prescribing service? It is a social prescribing service, yes. Right. We, we've been doing this before the so current social prescribing service yeah. came along, so yes. So as I say, we've been running for seven years, and yes, it's a social prescribing service. What is social prescribing? And in terms of, because um, I know obviously just the work that I've done separately with GP Alliance, in terms of that, it's not always, you know, people go to GPs for a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily think that they would like, and a lot of what you said there, like around, you know, housing issues, a lot of people go with like, you know, loneliness, and it all leads to like depression, and it's kind of like that wraparound support that helps people kind of stay well like it's not always something medical it's not always something medical and it's not always something social it can be anything from you know that they're, they're lonely you get a lot of them I know with working with the GPs a lot of people would come into the surgery just because they wanted somebody to talk to you know they had nobody um, then they would pass them on to our service and we would look to see what support we could put in place so maybe look to see whether we could get a volunteer befriender for that person or if we couldn't get a volunteer befriender maybe a telephone call every week um, it just depends on what that person needs. We would look to see what they needed and like you say, wrap services around, so the health and social care services would be wrapped around them, but then it's what, what other things do they need outside of that. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Sharon for taking the time out to come and chat with us today. Um, I really hope that you found this podcast useful um, and don't forget to tune in next week for more. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Our People Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.